Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. What up? It's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. I got a question for you guys. Uh, Do you know what the only thing better than winning your fantasy football league is? (laughs) Do you? I think you do, but I'm going to tell you anyway. It's constantly reminding the other owners that you did. That's what I'm talking about. And at DraftKings.com, you can prove that you're the superior GM every week. All right? If you don't know what DraftKings is... You should by the end of this ad, all right? DraftKings is America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. One-week fantasy. That means no season-long commitments, all right? One week, so you can play whenever you want in a variety of contests, all right? Challenge your friends. You got friends, right? Yes. We'll challenge them in a custom league or join an existing one to play for your share of the millions of dollars in prizes that are up for grabs this season. Here's what you got to do. Just pick your contest draft your players, and collect your winnings, your money, your dough, your dollars. That's it. Renew old rivalries and create new ones with your buddies by playing head-to-head with friends, co-workers, and fantasy players from all over the country. You can be playing a guy in Pakistan, a guy in Peru, and a guy in Burbank. Uh, it's, It's that fucking cool. All right, so hurry to DraftKings.com right now. Use the promo code ALN and play for free with your first deposit in this Sunday's $1 million fantasy contest. Did you hear me? This Sunday's $1 million fantasy contest. Play for free using promo code ALN, okay? First place takes home hundred grand and a lifetime of bragging rights. This isn't fantasy as usual, baby. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Enter ALN for free entry now only at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Go Seahawks. Fuck the Broncos. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. Hey, everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Very special episode today. Our buddy Dana Carvey returns for his second time on the podcast. It's uh, pretty awesome to have this guy in our world um, becoming buds with him. He uh, he said he, he'd do the podcast every week if we asked him to. Um, Dana Carvey's one of the funniest motherfuckers on the planet. And um, the first episode I know you guys loved, and today... Is uh is no different. Might be even better than the first one, which I don't know how you top that. But uh, in this episode, we get into the SNL 40th reunion. Uh, such crazy stories from that uh, night. I'm sure you've all seen it already. Um, uh, his uh, his uh, heart surgery that he had. How he was in the same hospital room next to Frank Sinatra when Frank Sinatra died. Um, he talks about um, some of his other impressions. Tom Brokaw. And he gets into kind of like the fear uh, of stand-up comedy um, and just his approach to it and and why he's kind of uh, uh, let it take a backseat to what he's doing creatively right now. It's just a really awesome, hilarious, insightful conversation. Uh, Dana Carvey's one of the best. Follow him on Twitter at Dana Carvey. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad. And come see me at the Bing Crosby Theater in Spokane, Washington this Friday 8 p.m. Uh, I'm really pumped. It's my first time there. Uh, get your tickets at uh, bingcrosbytheater.com. Uh, it's Spokane, Washington. It's uh, 
It's, you know, it's kind of my hometown, not really five hours from there, but it's in Washington State, so I'm pumped to go home and uh, perform there. I'm bringing my pal Kelsey Cook with me, so uh, come out and see us. Bing Crosby Theater, Spokane, Washington, 8 p.m. Uh, and, of course, tomorrow night, oh, can't forget, tomorrow night, October 20th, 8 p.m., the Hollywood Improv, the first live About Last Night podcast. We could not be more pumped. We're just about sold out. So get your tickets, improv.com, and come see the show. Joey McIntyre, Owen Benjamin, Brent Morin. Uh, it's a stacked lineup. We got a lot of fun surprises planned. Don't miss it. Improv tomorrow night, 8 p.m., About Last Night live podcast. Brad Williams this weekend. He's performing stand-up comedy in Des Moines, Iowa at the Funny Bone, October 21st through the 24th. Go see Brad at the Funny Bone in Des Moines, Iowa. Get your tickets at funnybone.com. And while you're on the internet, go to astoymerchandise.com, E-S-T-O-Y, merchandise.com, and get all your ALN merch, your shirts, your mugs. Uh, bring them to the show, support us, and we'll, uh, we'll sign them for you. Uh, also, I just added a recent, uh, recently new tour date. I'm going to be in Tempe, Arizona at the Tempe Improv October 28th. Uh, through the 31st. Really pumped about this. My first time headlining the Tempe Improv. It's one of the best clubs in the country, so if you live in Tempe, Arizona, or anywhere around that area, come see me headline the Tempe Improv October 28th through the 31st. Tempe Improv, Tempe, Arizona. Come see me, and uh, let's have some fun Arizona style. <laughs> wow. What was that voice? <laughs> Is that it? My impression of an Arizona person? Jesus Christ. Uh, of course, continue to subs- uh, support the podcast. Subscribe to it on iTunes. Give it a five-star rating and comment on the iTunes page. It takes two seconds. Do it right now while you're finishing up the intro. Comment on the iTunes page. Five-star rating. Helps us climb the charts. We've got so many dope episodes coming up. Dana Carvey today. Next week is Howie Mandel, which is so dope. That I mean, I can't even believe we sat down with that guy. He's a, uh, he's a beast in the entertainment world. Uh, and we're getting an iTunes feature uh, with that episode on the podcast page. So uh, make sure you check that out on iTunes. See the About Last Night Howie Mandel episode featured on the podcast page. Really fucking awesome. iTunes has, has given us uh, a decent amount of love over the last few years. And it's really been, uh, really been pretty awesome to receive that. Uh, and after the Howie Mandel episode, the following Monday is our 200th episode. 200, man. We've done 200 of these motherfuckers. Uh, That episode is going to be rad. It's a uh, compilation, a highlight reel, if you will, of the best of ALN moments. So you're going to get to relive uh, so many episodes from the past that you've heard or haven't heard. And uh, really some incredible... Going back to uh, listen through these episodes to pick out these moments was was pretty crazy. Just to hear, you know, how we've grown, but to hear us in different parts of our lives and and, uh, relive some of these conversations with Lisa Kudrow and Paul Feig and Tony Danza and and, and uh, Michael Rappaport and, and Santino with the Roni and the Quave shit. I mean, it was really uh, it was really a treat. So you guys are gonna dig that. That's up in two weeks. Uh, so continue to subscribe on iTunes. Tell your friends to subscribe. Spread those links around. Aboutlastnightpodcast.com for all past episodes. Now that we got the tour dates out of the way, those are the Twitter handles. That's the merch info. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with his second time to the show. The hilarious Dana Carvey. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a Jew, so why don't you sit down and listen to a no podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day. So come on and treat yourself right. 
It's about last night. What, what was like your first toy you bought when you came into some dough? The first toy was going into a Mercedes dealership in Encino, <laughs> California. Nice. And I didn't know what I was doing, so I pointed to a coupe, a Mercedes coupe. Yeah. So I, so I drove that off. I drove that for two days, but when the top came up, you basically had a plastic windshield for like 150000 and I just <laughs> felt trapped in it. So I dumped that and got a 420 SEL. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. Nazi black. <laughs> 30 feet long. Be- um, be- beautiful Nazi yeah, black. I that, that in. That, I that, that's like the worst thing to describe a beauty pageant contestant. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh, she's a beautiful Nazi black. She's wonderful. <laughs> I like this. Nice. We can do accents. Yeah, yeah. We- <laughs> this early? I'm I, 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 uh, sure. I'm, yeah. I'm just doing an impression of your sketch. Uh, Germans who say nice who things. Who say nice things. Yeah, yeah. Kevin was a great babysitter. <laughs> that was the thing I did with uh, Carell. No matter yeah. how loud I did it, because it was Carell's yes. thing. Right. I would just like try to match him. I'd be the first guy. I'd just give it everything I can, and he would just go. Whoop. Same thing. All pile into the minivan and right. get some frozen yogurt. <laughs> you frozen. Yeah. That was was there somebody? See, now Brad's doing your German accent. Is there somebody else's that you did to get yours? Or not really? I that was just kind of copying the rhythm of the you know because it was just one line at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the baby said, "I was nice," you know. Yeah. Um, the thing I've been playing around with, which I didn't think was that big a bit, but I was doing it at this 20-seat club, basically. I don't know, 50 seats. Yeah. And Kevin Pollock was there. And I did a, a whole set. I was with my kids. And I just, for a while, I've been playing around with the idea. You know, everyone has a Hitler joke, right? We, did we talk about that last time? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think we did. I think and in comedy, you need a Jesus joke. <laughs> you need a Lincoln joke and a sure. Hitler joke. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the yin and yang. <laughs> you just It's army issue. It's just yeah. like right. that. And I'm sure you guys have some version. Some, some version. Yeah. yeah. My Hitler joke was like, all dictators have to have a charming side. So it was just charming Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like Goebbels, I'm, and it just totally like the voice, it's just very fake. Yeah. Goebbels, I'm telling you, inside haircut's fabulous. <laughs> Himmler never chased those genes, so it's just Hitler being. And then I took it to more like the other day we were talking about what to do with all these Jews, and there was this awkward silence. And Goebbels, you fill that gap. I love you so much. <laughs> After this whole thing is over, and by the way, can you believe what actually doing it? That's the thing I I don't say I love about Hitler, but that's why he'll yeah. he'll be remember well, way beyond anybody is yeah. because he actually had a plan yeah he wasn't he a crazy it. man i mean they build highways and their uniforms they actually had an actual plan yeah not, which is still to yeah. take over the world which is still amazing crazy it, yeah. do yeah do insanely e- uh, evil things but we see guys on totally. the on the street all the time just yelling out bad insane things but they never actually bacon bits potato chips well, like, have a good day too I, sir i mean that's how you woke they up don't, this morning they don't have yeah. a plan yeah he, he had a plan <laughs> Of course he was evil. So so you got to give him some respect. Okay, great. We just cue, cue the workmen. I have no idea. Are these? Uh, by the way, are these your gardeners or are these? Just... No, no, no. This is a rented place we right. call the bunker for various reasons. You guys right. can sure. come here if the, wow. yeah. if this the apocalypse very, hits. This is very German-centric. We have yeah. uh, Hitler. We have bunkers. Right. Well, my son Dex went to get a, a haircut with this woman in West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And she said, would you like, this is not a joke, would you like the gay Nazi? <laughs> As that, a, that was the haircut. That style? was the haircut, which is sort of really short on the sides, and then it's kind of swooping. You know, so kind of, it was. I, I just, I don't. There's never any noise in here. I don't know what that. Oh, it's is. all good. Is really? that? Is, yeah. These are too powerful. Is, is, is the better. gay Nazi? Is that like, uh, like Mike Myers and 
Dieter or mm, like kind of. I mean, I wish we had the magazine. It's just basically <laughs> shaved around here and then swooping bangs, kind of. You know, is, is, is you've there seen a, it? Would you ever see anything to where the hairdresser says, "Would you like the gay Nazi?" And there's not a dramatic pause. Like, right, yeah, like well, who, like who is the person that just rolls off like, hmm, gay Nazi? Yeah, that's not that's not that, that sounds great. <laughs> well, I was trying to show Dex, you know, part of the, these techniques of comedy writing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first thing is what other haircuts? Yeah, I'll have the saucy socialist. You know, I mean that was one, and it's just you just go from there and then add and mix and yeah. as comedy. Yeah, you know, I don't know what do you call that. Just what if? Like yeah. the other day we were riffing. Um, Saucy social. I don't know if this is this. People seem to like this, but the Kardashians, obviously, okay, that's another army issue reference sure. joke. Mm-hmm. The only take I had on that is they obviously are a global corporation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Chris Jenner is the matriarch. Right. Obviously, right. they do have meetings. It's not arbitrary. They saturate, they break the web, they, they plan it. So it's mm-hmm. just heard a meeting with Chloe. I want an ass pick by tomorrow. <laughs> if I see. Nicki Minaj's ass one more time in OK Magazine. I'm going to hit the roof, all right? Deep squat, surprise, full ass, okay? Kanye, go on an award show. Say something crazy. Be an astronaut. I don't care what it is. Kim, boobies tonight. Up. Caitlin, I hate to tell you, but we got to take you back. But I don't want to go back. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want to be a ball buster, but it's a, it's a billion-dollar piece of business. Transgender's done. It's been played out. I've already sold three seasons to E. I even have a title. I change my mind. Kate back to Bruce. It's a billion-dollar piece of Kate money. back to Bruce. So, oh, man. Anyway, that's You're, the way my brain thinks in sketch form, which is hard in comedy clubs. I did it at your guys' yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, I'll be Paul McCartney and John Lennon for seven minutes. Yeah, but, but that's— uh, it, it, it did— Amazingly well. Thank you so much for doing our show. That was, you guys, that was, that you guys was, didn't have any energy that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were. Uh... I think I, it, it just, you know, you realize how much testosterone you've lost and how weak and tired you've get, <laughs> And your voice gets kind of soft because you guys are just normal guys in your 30s, 30s 20s, yeah. 30s. 30s. Just, What's up? Every, you know? yeah. <laughs> and also, you're in the clubs, and that means uh, you yeah. have a Friday night show. Yeah. Right. And you've been paid and billed, and there's fans there, so you've got to override. And if you drop it for a second, maybe mm-hmm. 10, 15 seconds, you look like you're, what am I doing here? Yep. Yeah, exactly right. Eat you and alive. Then, and, then the, and then the bachelorette party starts talking, and it, it's done. Oh, the bachelorette party. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, 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 had an, you had an interesting thing happen to you at our show where uh, you let the audience yeah. pick out your, your right. next joke from your notes, mm-hmm. and this guy takes out his phone. Yeah. And tries to like Instagram a pic. I I assume he did <laughs> of your comedy notes. Yeah. It's just it's hieroglyph, uh, whatever that word is. It, it he couldn't have. There's no bit there, but yeah, they're random words. Sure, but that was kind of weird. Yeah, and, then and went, the, like, hands in the air. Yeah, like, ah, yeah. Um, and then what? And then he said something. Uh, oh, like uh, he heckled Robin. Like I'm Robin's Robin, manager. Yeah, or something like Robin. that. Like he, like Williams? He, yeah, yeah. Really? That's what I think. What he said, and then because remember the end, it got weird, and then you said, uh, and then you, you, as we said, you church ladyed him Did because I? then you went, uh, yeah. oh well, some of us are on stage and some of us are in the audience. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, was just, it was such a the bitch is so yeah. good. <laughs> and believe me, that was the first incarnation of the church lady was dealing with audience members. Oh no kidding. Yeah, wow. We like ourselves, just the attitude, mm-hmm. and then reverse engineered it. 
I don't know where I got the idea, but yeah. just the branding of it kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. I remember Andy Kaufman would do the foreign guy. Yeah. yeah. Thought, wow, she's a church lady. So all, well, the coneheads are the coneheads, have coneheads. So sure. it wasn't a big leap. Such a brilliant <laughs> way to diffuse the situation, too, because you're kind of, you know, taking on the right. personality of somebody that's, that, that they can't really get up upset with after that oh no you're like oh they love it they now you're this it. unassuming yeah, old you're... lady that's assessing the situation so sure. it's uh it's an easy technique and for clubs i don't really you know i mean i was at flappers which is the yep, <laughs> top the of the food chain <laughs> there you go yeah but a drunk woman and all that and it was like a five minute thing you know you just go inside voices and mr mouth is moving most of us keep and it's just a squeaky sound that if you yeah. didn't even know what it was saying just well you know it's like wow that sounds comic do you yeah. ever give yourself a time frame of like all right i'm i can't like stay in this um, uh, voice for too like you know how long would you have stayed on that woman at, as church lady uh, I, I would say if i was really in shape, like, you know, I've been at this 40 years in some way, started in college, but, you know, <laughs> when I'm really in shape, everything goes longer. And if I'm in a small club without mm-hmm. noise, oh, man, back in the day, the late show, 30 burnt out hippies in Haight-Ashbury, 20 minutes. No shit. Wow. Because if you go full circle, which, again, I don't know what we talked about in the last, mm-hmm. I think that the everybody starts out making their stone friends laugh in the car yeah, or right. at a frat party yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. and it's never really concise jokes it's usually winding down a rhythm of a catchphrase or the the guy who everyone made fun of or their professor and it just winds into this madness so that that seemed a natural thing to try to bring on stage but i haven't really done it much since i played the other cafe Except recently I've been at the West Side. It requires yeah. a very small room. Yeah. Because once it gets to two, three hundred, then you're dealing with a beast. Yeah. You're, you have people over, oh, that, ta- that section's talking. Fuck. It's more of a disconnect. Yeah, this table's yeah. getting their checks. This, ta- this table's, like, yeah. So they're, I'm they're shooting, I, I signed up to shoot a special with Netflix just because I knew yes. that if I didn't sign up, That's I'd never news. do one. Because I cause yeah. I'm fear of failure. And I just, right. you know. And now you that get, kind of forces you to be like, oh, I guess now that... It, it, now you have people calling you saying, hey, when's the special ready? I guess you have exactly. to get ready for So it. I figure I can't more. compete with your yeah. special. <laughs> Thank uh, you. As far as just, you know, energy and conciseness. Well, so I'm yeah, trying that's... to get them to let me do it in a small room where it's more. Well, but see, I, just do, the... I just do energy and yelling and lap dances to, to cover up the lack of material. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> You've got I think you have all yeah. of it. I think you have Thank all you. of it. So something but... maybe like the Laugh Factory size, yeah? Or is that even too intense? I, I don't know. I'm thinking either a small theater or something, something where, um, well, that we're not hearing these guys out there. No, I think no, no. we're good. Yeah, the podcast is started. <laughs> <laughs> These guys came solely to fuck up the no, podcast this, momentum. This, this bunker in an undisclosed neighborhood <laughs> has triple pane glass. Yeah. I mean, it's just like the most quiet. So it's just so what? what so what? So what are they using outside? <laughs> I have no idea what they're doing. I, I don't think they do Small either. Cannon. No, it's just tools <laughs> and stuff that was in the truck. No, see, um, last night podcast has got over hundred thousand listeners. If we can like make some noise and shit, it's a chance to get our business. Off the ground. Do it. <laughs> it is a great voice. It right? is, it's a lot of fun to do because it's, you can kind of like the you can go up and down. You can stretch words out. You can, dog, you can go like that. Go like that. Did I? I didn't do the Johnny Stoppanato bit that no, night. Right? No, it, I, it's another sketch. It's just okay. the idea of a dad uh, trying to be present with the kids, and then this New York actor. His kid was raised by a British nanny, <laughs> and the kid actually had a British accent. That's that's.
that's a true story. What? Really? Yeah, homeschooled by a British nanny. So he, and, the, and the kid developed to like, you know. So the New York actor's like, say, I wasn't there for your birthday. You know, I got the Nero type guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, father, it was fine, daddy. <laughs> and then it goes on like that. And then it's like, uh, hey, where's your brother, Danny? Oh, he's with his nanny. Who's his nanny? Michael Caine, the actor. <laughs> and the guy's like, well, fucking Michael Caine, the actor. You know, hey, Danny, you're five years old. How you doing? I'm doing great, Daddy. <laughs> I went to the swigs and I swig high in the air and I came right back down and then we fed the ducks. So for me, it's like I would want to wind that into yeah. oblivion. Yeah. yeah. That, and, and I think comedians all have this kind of same sense of humor, right? Yeah. Because we, we just know the, all the tricks. Yeah. And just the absurdity of having the distinguished Sir Michael Caine, uh, if he's not a sir yet, he should be. Uh, well, a way to use that voice yeah. in an absurd way that a five-year-old, that's his nanny, and then we, <laughs> we fed wrote, the ducks, and then you just go, I, if I'm on, I'll go for the longest time. <laughs> and this one duck came up, and I had a full piece of bread. And I put Was the, it white or white? <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it, so, we, it's so much fun. Everyone could do that. Oh, look at that. Michael, I didn't know you were going to be joining us Oh, today. I was going to be here because he talked about ducks, and it made me think. See, I didn't know you guys did my... Well, let, let the original Michael well, finish his bread stuff. Uh, the, yeah, way, okay. the way to take it to another level is yeah. to really give yourself a code. What? Really make... A little late nasal yeah, like Holding your nose. Yep. Okay. Holding your nose. Holding your nose. As you go your like this and very soft. And the other hook is you go bloody up here like this. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go down. Yeah, really, yeah. A little nasally. And then sometimes you get a little angry. <laughs> but you've... <laughs> right, exactly. So you go up and down. So you talk sure. about the ducks. And that right. reminds me of the duck speaking say that the nanny gave to me. And said, the duck said... Quack, quack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we wondered why they say quack. And Michael and I walked around going, why do they make that bloody noise? Is it saying, where's my mommy? Or is it just some sort of anxiety? <laughs> Are you sure? That sounds like some kind of day at the park. <laughs> so I was thinking, could I take it far enough or is it is it insensitive to yeah. have it like, sure. oh, hey, hey, where's Eddie? Oh, you know, he's with his daddy. <laughs> She's from Mexico. You know, so, so back to you guys. Yeah. Hello, Daddy. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Hey, hey. It's a movie, man. Hey, man it's good. good man. Cider has rules, man. It's a good movie. <laughs> a good movie. A good movie. So the absurdity that every kid has a different accent based on the nanny. You did. Uh, <laughs> it, but you know what? That's a, that, it's based as, in truth. And as absurd. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a case of truth. And uh, my. Uh, Nephew kind of has that right now. He has a Latin nanny, and he, oh, yeah. his first word was agua. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and, and, and kind of get into the rhythm. And of he it, does yeah. it in that, it, like he has agua. it with a little bit of the accent agua. too. Yeah, And he's this white blonde-haired kid from Huntington Beach, and he's like, right. Yeah, and 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 he's got like you know, uh, mommy agua. <laughs> it's just like well, then you're amazing. living the bit, yeah. yeah. So it's just, it's yeah. the best. There it is. I heard I heard uh, no. on our show you did. I don't know if this is the first time you did that whole Pope bit. Was that that was the first time? Yeah, and mm-hmm. kind of. And you opened with that, and it crushed. I mean, it was just. I guess it was. Um, I don't know what the angle was. That the guy's only like you know seventy two or something, yeah, yeah. but they immediately sound like they're one hundred and five. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. My house is a big house. <laughs> See, I. You know, I, I just was, I was a little tired. I was not in my full confidence, but I did that did make me laugh. And I yeah. wish I'd take I committed and went further. 
But it did work. It was yeah. great. It's probably I don't know if you guys ever do that driving to a mic and thinking of something and then opening with it. Yes, all the all time. The time. Yeah. Did all it last time. night twice, and okay. I have to because I just got, got back. You get bored. Yes, <laughs> like, and also yeah. it's it's a I feel like a good way to um, relax yourself into the room and, and connect because yeah. and I feel like they can tell if it's. Um, I mean, anytime you do something for the first time, you're going to be more connected to it because you're going to be more uh, focused Present, on trying yeah. to. Totally. And that is kind of the illusion of stand up. And, and is it shameless or is it just real? Because yeah. I see, I tell my kids this all the time. You see all the greats do it where you know they've done this bit a hundred times. Mm-hmm. But to get back to the first time where you're legitimately, when you're funny with your friends are telling a story, you're kind of laughing the same time. Yeah. Like this meter <laughs> make, I'm telling you guys, over here is crazy. <laughs> so then the first time you do it, they sense all that yeah so somehow at least subconsciously they knew i was just riffing the pope thing yeah right now if i keep doing it how much acting do you do where it's like guys you know where you do little fake laughs yeah even some of our finest comics will do take a pause do a little little cackle Mm -hmm. completely artificial yeah yeah or just going in the place of allowing yourself to enjoy it again yeah Yeah. i find that the hardest part of stand-up is the repetition recreating that same enthusiasm right i'll lose bits for a while like right now i've lost the thread of um the john lennon paul mccartney i've just i just drove it too hard and so now i'm just not going to do it for a while well when you did on our show you re you called back the heckler and him taking pictures of your set list and stuff. So yeah. that had to be kind of fun. Cause then yeah, made, that, was, that was nice. It's just mm-hmm. when but, I, because I didn't write it out. I just riffed it on stage over a period of like a couple months. Yeah. And then I, like when I was riffing, you know, her job, you know, what's her job? You know, well, she takes a picture of a bum. And when I was first coming on to that, but then you lose the thread of it. And for me, I just put it aside for a while right. and, and then go, come back to it and change it a little bit. Are there new things you could throw? Because, I mean, you were having him, like, ask, like, what's Facebook, right? And then what do people yeah. post? Like, maybe there's even other, like, ten, like oh, having them I, talk about Tinder or, like... Well, I, you know. I have not really even sat down with it. Right. Like, at some point, after you riff something on stage, you should sit with it like a puzzle and see what else. Right. I did do one one night where... Because uh, this is where it would go to a meta thing where yeah. it goes, mm-hmm. well, it's, it's, it's 2015, so it's certainly the Middle East must must be at peace by now. <laughs> and then Paul clearly, uh, well, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's just, and so not he gets into a series of lies. Right, right. Just, yeah, enough. humanity's not that but fucked up to where we, yeah, yeah we got to figure it out. very specific. And everybody were, you know, everybody's healthy and happy. And oh, sure. You know. <laughs> and Russia, we, all, we all got flying cars. Yeah, we got, yeah exactly. <laughs> flying cars and things like that. All diseases And the guy cured. who's a Subway sandwich spokesman, he's still uh, just eating sandwiches, right? <laughs> but this is kind of the challenge you stand up in a way back full circle here is mm-hmm. like in in the world you guys are growing up in I just do it to amuse myself because you know well, look I'll be dead pretty soon right? <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> well it might be 20 years but I mean yeah. you know um, I like it, how you openly walked in you're wearing cargo shorts and you go you can wear you can wear shorts at 60 right well we got you know yeah this, you look, you look this, like, you got good legs this, yeah I can say that as, from, as a heterosexual from male. the running mm-hmm. when I was uh, in high school running I had uh, T-Rex arms like no upper body and, yeah. gig- and these legs just went huge and I hated them because I <laughs> just wanted to have thin distance runner legs but they're actually shrunken down now but now they work for me because there's nothing worse you they know, finally got the right size yeah fantastic there's nothing worse than an old guy in shorts please somebody make there's, that bumper sticker hey. there's my wife on cue the, the, yeah there's your wife who i think uh and uh she may we may have to cut this out if if, if she if she does not approve but uh, my yeah. favorite line that you said all night okay well, actually wasn't on stage oh. uh, uh it was 
it was off stage. Adam was on stage doing a joke about uh, his aunt who's older, being in a, My aunt a, a, a is, is pushing 90, and, yeah. she's an assist, and she was telling me about her boyfriend, her sometimes boyfriend. And she goes, have, have I told you about my sometimes boyfriend? I go, no, Shirley, what's, what's a sometimes boyfriend? She goes, man, sometimes we hold hands. And then, I, uh, and then I said, what's his name? And she goes, Dick. And I go, what is his last name? She goes, Justice. I go, Shirley, you're dating Dick Justice? And she was like, yes. And then I go, well, I would love to meet this guy because he sounds like a detective slash gay porn star. And she goes, well, you can't meet him because he's dead. And then I, uh, and then, and then I said, and then I made a joke about how she, he passed away because she uh, had sex with him too hard. And I think that prompted what? That prompted you off, <laughs> off stage to be like, because Adam's making fun of like geriatric people having sex, right? Like, yeah. And you said off stage like, I have sex with an older woman at least twice a week, and it's pretty damn enjoyable. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Did I say that? Yes. Well, there you go. All right, we got the thumbs up from the wife. Thumbs up. Uh, And then I remember Harlan, uh, Harlan Williams, without missing a beat, just just, just turned to you and go, can I get her a number? <laughs> yeah, he's at my age, basically, right? Or no, maybe he's 50. But just, yeah. the, but just the look on your face is just like, it's really good. I don't know why you guys are complaining well, about I think it. Was, yeah, mo- it was a lot. I think it was about men being obsessed with younger women, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. women in their 50s are yeah. very yeah. sexy. Oh, yeah. hi, honey. I didn't see you there. Hi, honey. <laughs> now, please tell them that very rarely are there guys with drills on the deck, right? Never. Okay, just never is good. Because irony is what will kill you in life. And irony is one of the funniest things in life. So oh, yeah. It's absolutely. ironic. We've been here a thousand days, never heard a sound. He pressed record. Yeah. But they can't hear us, so. No, no. I don't think so. Yes. They, Not with that so, attitude. So what's happening. Bye, hon. We'll see you later. Have a great day. Um... You know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I want to tell you, I want to hear your take on this. I just came from, do you know who the new kids on the block are? Of course. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, I've become friends with Joey McIntyre from the group because we were in the heat together. And right. he invited me to go on this concert uh, cruise, concert fan cruise to do stand-up before their shows. Um, it was me, 3,000 women, wow. new kids on the block, some crew. Hysterical. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was just as a life experience thing to go. But I'm it curious, does. have you ever, did you, when you were coming up, did you ever open for like musical acts or get asked oh, yeah. by crazy, yeah. yeah or, um, or shows that weren't comedy clubs. This is my first like cruise ship oh, show. Oh, I opened a lot. At yeah. The, um, Wolfgang's, I think it's called. Anyway, 600 seat club in San Francisco. After, mm-hmm. it, like when I was in college, 50 bucks. And just taking the heat. Robert Palmer will be up in a second, but first, why is my right? You know. <laughs> no! <laughs> Fuck you! You're not Robert Palmer! <laughs> <laughs> Robert Palmer, addicted to love? I opened for him, opened for uh, Todd Rundgren. Wow. Mm-hmm. Opened for a lot of guys. Al Jarreau. Um, I just bombed. It was death, death spiral. I like just death. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait tells a story about how Kurt Cobain had him open for Nirvana just to watch him bomb. Just because that was amusing for him. Just, yeah. just to sit back and watch the comic eat shit every night in front of a few thousand people. God, you'd think that yeah, Bobcat and his full energy would actually be <laughs> right. as good as it could get. Yeah, for a rock was show. Really doing his character. Yeah, you know. But huh. yeah, and and I mean, I guess you you still have that, and it's just such a different energy. The whole comedy, and then like, it, especially when they're there for the band. There's something about a rock concert. Yeah, the the energy, and then if a comic walks on stage. And, well, here, here's kind of a funny story. It's yeah. true. Okay. And my brother wouldn't mind this. So I, I got three older brothers. This is the one who, you know, we shared the bunk beds. Yeah. You know, okay. We never knew at night you'd talk, and then you never knew when the, <laughs> the, the 
It was over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a minute later. I guess I'll go to sleep. So yeah. anyway, Dad was... <laughs> oh, oh, we're still going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're very close. So I said, well, I'm opening for some band up in San Francisco if you want to come along. He goes, no, because, you know, you just get heckled and it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, come on. So he comes up. I do the first show, you know, barely survive. Yeah. But, you know, just get out, you know. So it's going to be a second show. I can't find him. I don't know where he is. So I go up. I start doing the second show. And some asshole is really heckling me, just really What's loudly. Say? It's him. It's my <laughs> <laughs> He met some girls and, I don't know, coke out, whatever he had yeah. in him. Hey, he became what he hated that <laughs> night. Wait, what, so what, did he think that the first show went too well? He's like, I'm going to knock Dana down yeah. a peg. I don't think he even knew where he How was. How dare he feel that good about himself because i was going no he goes no what are you doing but he never lived that down yeah that was uh i'll tell you what though i'll give corporate dates because as Mm -hmm. you if you like okay so you get some success so then you're it's it's a deal with the devil so you do corporate dates because they back up the brings truck jay does a bunch of those right leno yeah yeah yeah, jay 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 loves him but they can be as brutal as anything I did in my early days. Wow. Yeah. I've, I, I played a gun show. They're all eating. And a, the first table was just like this, nor, ni- knife and fork. And I'm looking back at my to shoulder. You. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? And you're paying and music. you have to do like 75 minutes oh of death. Oh, my God. Do you, even, do you even um, uh, call attention to the fact like, hey, you know, maybe I should just let you guys finish your steak first and then keep like, I mean, do you poke? No, you kind of, you, they, they, they just throw you out there. Talk to the people that are listening pretty much. Yeah, you just, you just try to survive. Well, also, you're at a gun show, so that could be a whole new <laughs> yeah, kind of heckler. One, yeah, that had a whole other element to it. <laughs> I played, um, I, I played to uh, deaf audiences, you know. What? I played. You had, so did you have the translator next to you? Yeah, yeah. That, that, that. That always provides for at least. Have you done how do, that? I yes. The easiest. How do they translate do you, like Hans and Franz? Or yeah, what do you? Well, they. I, I made her say uh, "monkeys might fly out of my butt" yeah. like twenty times in a row. <laughs> Too many monkeys, and she did this, this thing. You can't see it, folks. You listen, yeah, right? But hysterical. Then, but just. But the, the, the thing is, is that with sign language, and you find out when you're doing shows like this, is they really have to go for the most obvious symbol right, yeah. with their hands to mean yeah. whatever you're saying. Yeah. So monkeys might fly out of my butt is. <laughs> Probably exactly what you think it is. Yes. And I usually, if it's a woman, you know, because, again, this is easy pickings, I just take it to the idea of uh, I really love the comedian. So then they, you know, <laughs> right. No, I mean, I really want yeah. the comedian. I want him bad. I'm, you know, gonna, I'm probably going to try to yeah, sleep yeah. with him at, after e- tonight's show. Easy stuff. Yeah. I yeah. would say my worst bomb was... Oh, these, these are great stories. Yeah. So George <laughs> Schlatter was... Who did Laughing? He's a big producer. Mm-hmm. So he's doing a Laughing revival in 78, which Robin Williams got on that show. You know, it didn't last long. Yeah. And he saw me in San Francisco um, at the Mustard Seed Cafe, 50 seats. I did my Star Trek chunk, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I had very little experience. So then he invites me to LA. I'm going to go meet George Slaughter in LA. So my uh, my parents threw in a couple of hundred bucks. So I bought a corduroy suit. I thought, you know, it's Hollywood. So I had a, a corduroy vest, corduroy suit, some kind of cowboy shirt. Can you still corduroy. wear that in your 60s? <laughs> yeah. No, cargo shorts. Wear, okay. But it was cargo the hottest, tightest thing. Well, so now I, we know what he's going to be wearing for the Netflix special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Corduroy Bring it nights. back. <laughs> corduroy nights. Um, so anyway, do, while I was down here, they got me a spot at the West Side, uh, Westwood Comedies. Westwood. Westwood what? Comedy Store. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So very nervous, very green. Went, went with my Russian girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. Tall, beautiful. Um, 
and they put me up and I, it was packed and I just started to bump, but I didn't know that you break out of it or yeah. you, I just, and just flop sweat, just death, <laughs> uh, humiliation, just, mm-hmm. and had no way out. Just kept going. I'm Compton Kirk, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Death. So I get off and they were so afraid I was going to make the room, everyone leave that they put up. Uh, J.J. Walker, you know, yeah, Dynamite. Dynamite, So yeah. he went up and looked over at me as I'm sitting down and goes, pay attention, kid. See how it's done. <laughs> Which I don't blame him. I, yeah, you know. yeah. And then I sat. So everyone could see. I just sat in this booth and everyone could see me. And the girlfriend at the time actually sort of scooched over <laughs> like that. You know, so that was oh. that was the one that really stood out. Did she say anything to you? In her, no, just didn't want to be just, did, just didn't want to be associated with them. Didn't want didn't to go want to down share with the ship. No, no, I'm single. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Didn't, didn't want to go down with the ship. She don't, she don't take a dive for nobody. That was one of the worst. What about you guys? Um, well, I got a wine glass thrown at me once uh, at a winery. It was when... Uh, it was maybe the second year I'd done. Okay. Sta- yeah, it was, you had a beer mug, yeah, and a, yeah, a tavern. Yeah. It's all it was, shot, it was, shot glass. It was really, it was really inappropriate. Well, it was pass in, out all t- uh, different types of glassware. It was in Paso Robles in the upstairs of this brewery, and I had just done all these jokes about playing uh, Wolverine at Universal Studios. That was mm-hmm. like my day job for a while, and uh, and this woman was just drunk and heckling and screaming a lot. And at one point, she said, "I want to give you a kiss," and she came over, so I let her kind of do it, and she slobbered on my face, and I made some you know comment about how I just contracted every STD from that slobber or whatever that that makes her even more infuriated and at one point I'm in between jokes and I'm looking down and I kind of see her arm kind of raise up with a uh, with a wine glass and she's about 15 20 feet away and I was looking down trying to think of my next move and I didn't really couldn't totally fathom that what was about to happen but I see an arm go up and then I just see it like fling, and so I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, the glass is coming towards me. All I think to do is put my hand up to try to stop it, and the webbing of my hands, the round, the bottom part of the wine glass, just hits like the webbing of my hands perfectly to where it just kind of sticks to my hand. So I just quickly so like reach a, around it. Yeah, a superstar. Yeah, so I grab this, I snap a wine glass out of midair, and I walked over to her and slammed it down on her table and said, "I told you, bitch, I'm Wolverine. Don't fuck with me." Oh, place goes nuts. <laughs> This was like, again, like two years in the stand-up. So after this, and people afterwards are buying me drinks and be like, that was incredible. You pulled a glass out of midair. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's what, what you got to do. You know? And I thought from then on out, I was like, I'm a, this is, I'm gonna, this, everything's great from here on out. And then, you know, I go back to the comedy store at 1 a.m. on a I, Sunday. I think that yeah. probably, I, I don't know if the word is existential, but... There was this comedian, and he was really good, but he, he had a little bit of a temper. This is yeah. back in the day. I won't say his name, mm-hmm. but I think it's so funny that he went on stage one night, and again, his stated goal as a comedian was to bring mirth and laughter, yeah. to get them to enjoy him and remember all his great jokes. Yeah. Within 90 seconds, someone heckled him. He was waiting in the audience, swinging fists. So the idea that instead of making them laugh, he was trying to beat them up. I just think that's so funny. I mean, <laughs> It's just such a life U-turn. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to try to beat the shit out. Yeah, I was yeah. hoping to make them laugh. Yes. That didn't work. That's, and now go I'm going direction. to waylace them with my fist. So I was in the pounding. Big guy, too. Just swinging, yeah. pounding. Oh my I just God. think that's the great... That's Nothing's funnier than your goal is to make them laugh, and yet it's roundhouse right. doing the complete opposite. Your, <laughs> right. Kidney punches and all that jazz. <laughs> Taking three or four to get, you know, get and, one in. And then I, I just can't wait until he gets home and his girlfriend just goes, so how was the show? Yeah. And then whenever he yeah, has to do that, the show? Like, he's got blood on his shirt. How was the show? 
But I mean, there's two kinds of bombs. I mean, there's the rough set, the rowdy yeah. set, but then there's sort of the humiliation set. Sure. Like Usually you, that's when the stakes are high, like yeah. auditioning or something. Yeah. And it's not happening, and the room knows it's not happening, but you got to kind of get through it, and your eyes are a little tight, and you try to adjust, acknowledge that things aren't that great, but yeah. don't right. go too far. Yeah. Those right. are the worst ones. Yeah. Really I would, I would much rather have a rowdy, drunk, heckling crowd yes. than silence. Than just, just complete. Yeah, because at least there's a reaction of some sort that you can massage your way through. Right, and not just people like like you had at the gun show, people just like turning around, just not paying attention. But those to you. are nothing compared apathy. to the improv. I'm used to play out here in Melrose, and mm-hmm. I they give me an eight fifteen spot. You know, industry crowd, kind of half full. My manager would come see me, just death. You come <laughs> out with your best joke, your first thing, full commitment from the road. Yeah, yeah right. Oh yeah, elevating the room. Where it's been killing in Kansas, so Complete you're like come back, like this is gonna be great. And, you know, that's the interesting part of stand up is just this idea of confidence, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, it's I don't know. I don't think it came naturally to me or something. I think I was really I don't think I really got confident on Saturday Night Live until maybe the last two seasons, you know. Yeah. And with stand up, I feel like it floats around where. Maybe you could say I was at 90 or 85. Mm-hmm. And then if you start to get to 98 or 99, where the, the voice is quiet, the voice that's giving you a report card, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> that you're just actually in the moment. It's yeah. very hard. Yeah. What do you what do you tell your son uh, as far as um, like I'm sure he's because he's how many years in? Well, kind of. A, well, Tom's and technically two years. Dex yeah. maybe one year. So still both <laughs> yeah. very eager. And I mean, that's a, a time when I, everybody is just impatient because you start to get a little bit of a, some momentum going, but you just want to be good so quickly. Yeah. Right, and then you know? at a given moment for a second, you know, I go, if you can do one good minute, you can do 60. Yeah. But mm-hmm. as far as being loose up there and not having any kind of tightness in your eyes, any sort of fear, yeah. I don't know, man. It's just maybe just. It takes time. I don't yeah. know. It, it, Were you guys instantly, like within six months? Some guys no, no. really hit fast. It, I mean, it, it was it, it was something that it's hard to tell young comics and hard to listen to when you are a young comic, Which, where yeah. they, they just say, no, you're, you're going to suck for a while, and right. you're going to keep sucking, and you're going to mm-hmm. have bad sets, and you're not going to get past the Laugh Factory in your first two weeks of doing stand-up. Like, and even if you are, yeah. like, you're now on a giant list of comedians that have to like call in for spots, and it's just like, it's oh, a yeah. constant waiting game of like, you get a little bit of validation, but then like, oh, the, you jump through that hoop, oh, only to meet another hoop on the other side. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, uh, and is it, I, you know, I try to wrap my mind around how different it is, and I don't know. It just is that numerologically, if there were a hundred comedians in in the early '80s, are there a thousand now? Well, is now it just numbers game. Yeah, well, now it, it, kind of in the '70s, uh, '80s, there was kind of that universal path that all comics sort of knew that they had to take. They had to do really well. They had to get on the Tonight Show from there. But like the goal was the Tonight Show, essentially. Now with so many different paths of social oh, yeah. media, yeah, there's not one thing. YouTube, there's not one thing. You could have a successful podcast like the About Last Night podcast, which we're on right now. Uh, you could <laughs> nice. have a you could have a YouTube channel. You could be right. a Vine person. You could have Instagram. You could do like there's you can go on any number of late night shows. Now getting the Tonight Show is just like okay, what, what else you got? Yeah, one of my buddies yeah, just got yeah. on SNL, just got added this past year um, from his, John Rednitsky. His stand- oh, yeah, his, you guys know him? He's yeah. a good buddy, yeah. 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 He, uh, from his YouTube videos, and uh, he'd been yeah. doing stand up, I think, maybe maybe three years, mm-hmm. but not as much as he'd been um, you know, doing, doing sketches. Yeah. And and stuff he, like that, I yeah. saw a couple of them. He's got a good, uh, you know, good 
good comic mind. Yeah. And some good, yeah, I mean, you know, a good fresh energy too. And I think Miley he's... Cyrus licks your face on your first episode. That's kind of that, that, that's that's kind of a welcome to showbiz kid. You know, <laughs> well, two things about when I came through that are kind yeah. of interesting. One was. You know, I got out of college, 78, 79, and I was in San Francisco. And basically, as I was emerging into being a stand-up, yeah. which I never had, and I asked my wife, did I ever talk about being rich or famous? Never. We just, mm-hmm. you know, comedy clubs were being built. Like, yeah. every three months, they were finishing a new one. There's carpenters. <laughs> you know, by the time I left six years later to do Saturday Night Live, and the, I could make a living just in Northern California. I mean, yeah. It must have been, I don't know, 10 full-time comedy clubs, wow. Foo Bars and, uh, uh, you know, Tommy T's mm-hmm. and uh, three or four in the in San Francisco. And all right. That. It wasn't it, like that around the country. Uh, I mean, you just had in that San Fran. I mean, well, I think Boston had a renaissance yeah. and, here, yeah. and there were just more spots. And yeah, um, you, you, you know. hear stories of Lenny Clark in Boston in one night doing six sets and walking out with two grand, just like yeah. in 1986, just around uh, just like going around Boston. Well, no one was famous. There was no YouTube stars. I mean, and the, the Carson guys were in Vegas and stuff were opening for Sinatra. So mm-hmm. the headliners in San Francisco would be like Jack Marion or Lorenzo Mata Warren. Only Robin Williams would come in and out. Right. But the headliners were just local, homegrown guys with no, no TV credit. This yeah. is so different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, now guys are headlining based off of like a couple TV credits, you know? Well, the social media thing. Yeah. I don't know how to tell someone to slow down, you know? At 35, yeah. you kind of have this figured out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they're really seeing they're really seeing people getting ahead without having an act yeah. and then getting an act very quickly because mm-hmm. I, I think what I find kind of interesting just just for my own uh, makes it more interesting is this idea of anthems and um, you know this new kind of storytelling type comedy this yep. idea of uh, you know if you're just if you're leaning into the audience and you're just destruction that may be is not really enough because you can look at a hundred specials mm-hmm. and you'll see someone destroying, you know? So it's kind of like, you know, it's this branding marketing anthem. I mean, what does break people through, you know, um, a, a constituency, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I, I have no, I have no idea. If I knew I'd be way more famous than I am right now, I'd be in a pool that was surrounded by pop tarts. And, uh, wow. and that is the dream pool surrounded by pop tarts and supermodels. They're just going like, this is the, this supermodel, is supermodels named pop tart. Yeah, sure. Why not? That sounds like an excellent name for a supermodel. Your, it's your dream. <laughs> so You'll get I don't, it. Uh, we're, 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 we're trying to figure out, but, uh, speaking of like, uh, just people making it, um, one thing that hadn't happened, the, 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 the last time you were on the podcast was uh, SNL 40. And that, yeah. is, that yeah. has since gone down. And just being around, like, to be in that room, was it really a moment where you kind of looked around going, holy shit, like this show, oh, oh, yeah. this show has created legends. It's, like, it was crazy, the whole thing, because my wife and I are basically shut-ins, you know? So, oh, we got to go to this one. And, sure. You had uh, to go. There wasn't even an ounce of doubt to go, right? I mean, No, no, had to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they send you, like, a guest list of, of who's going to be there, or is it... They just basically said everybody. <laughs> you know, we found out Eddie was coming toward the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, it was just... Uh, well. When you looked at the audience, just the, the, the night of the taping, it was like yeah. looking at a wax museum. I mean, every <laughs> single person was famous, right. young and old. Yeah. Was, wow. Oh, there's Diane Sawyer. There's Tom Hanks. There's Paul McCartney and Eddie Murphy. And, you know, you, right. you've got all your, your peers. And, hey, Bill Murray's in the audience with Amy Poehler. And then over here, it's <laughs> Tom Brokaw with, you know, whatever, Donald Trump. I mean, it, it was infinitely just crazy. I was just hanging out backstage. And here comes... Um, 
Bradley Cooper and Kerry mm-hmm. Washington. They really want to get their picture taken with me. And Dave Chappelle <laughs> wants to know where he can have a smoke. And uh, wow. Chris Rock's telling me about his experience. <laughs> Kanye West wants to know whose speech he can interrupt. Yeah, and, uh, well, I never is... met Kanye West. Yeah, he was there, right? So yeah, he was oh, yeah, there for your well, Wayne's World sketch. That's right. Well, we didn't even. I just said to Mike because I said, "Look, we because we're waiting backstage for an eternity. Mm-hmm. Everyone's in at seven. We're on at like eleven twenty. Oh, I said we either should be really flattered or really pissed. <laughs> I'm gonna just choose to be flattered. <laughs> sure. The, who else is gonna close the show? Yeah. yeah. I said, look. Th- then they they said we don't know if Kanye is gonna do it. Mm-hmm. This is ten minutes before we go out there. <laughs> well, okay, because that was a big part of the thing. I said, yeah. if we could just have, just keep working, Kanye, sit down. Yeah. So yeah. we put it on the cards because Mike's very meticulous, great mm-hmm. writer. Yeah. But I said, let's just, we can just keep going. Stop, you know that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So he did finally say he would do it, and then I pulled the wrong thing and improvised yeah. around. Yeah, that. yeah. But good. we were lucky that we were in the center of the studio. There's a lot of feng shui. We had no guest stars, so it was simple. Mm-hmm. We were right at the center, right. And Lauren's over there with Jack Nicholson, like, and we're referring like you to do. him. Yes. So um, did Lauren come to you and say, uh, you know, I want you guys to do? Lauren, Lauren called me, uh, you know, a couple weeks before. Yeah. And it's, he always just kind of throws it away. It's you and Mike, you know. It's like a Wayne's World sort of a referential, you know. I, I think it's in the second part of the show, you know. Um, so I said, oh, sure, okay, of course yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. You know. I mean, in. in Something like that, just the task, and you see all the cast members and that sort of special, uh, the, the, the task of everyone getting to say anything, the, 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 like the fact that right. you and Mike got to do that sketch and have all that time just kind of to yourself. Well, it was one of the most iconic pieces, I think, in the show's history. There's got to be some that were just no-brainers, but then... Yeah. But then I guess when you yeah, compile... Uh, I mean, it's like, you know... Uh, how, it was like what four, three hour show or something like that, or uh, three and a half hours. Yeah, wow. there, there probably was, could have done another three. People were going to get their feelings hurt. There was no way around. Yeah, it, right. You know. and, uh, yeah, and I think people saw that where they saw that when you saw the audience, you're like, oh, there's no way to give everyone in this audience their just time. Right. Like, yeah. It can't happen. Yeah. Like was Ellen Cleghorn pissed? They didn't show her like audition tape or something like that. <laughs> Ellen Cleghorn, great yeah. name. Yeah. You and there were too many cast members. You couldn't say hello to anyone. It was just too overwhelming. It was yeah. too. Um, a lot of small talk. A lot of quick, hey, how are you? Yeah, yeah. And Justin Timberlake and Jimmy Fallon, who looked like the new Hope Crosby. And <laughs> you just felt kind of, you, you had to remind yourself, hey, wait a minute, I was on this for seven years. I yeah. had long hair, you yeah. know. Yeah. It was a little bit overwhelming that way. But they had me do part of the music medley. Fred mm-hmm. Armisen asked me to do the chopped broccoli thing, but... The only thing about it was that I just did the punchline without the setup. The yeah, so you just saw Chop and Broccoli. So I said, I don't know if this is funny because I'm going, <laughs> there is no joke there. Yeah. It really is just that absurd. You're, yeah, you're, it, it, it's like you just say, to get to the other side. And, exactly. And, and, and there's I thought, no... well, it's part of a montage. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like, but during the commercial break, we're coming back. Everyone, I'm in my place, and uh, McCartney's 10 feet away. So I know for no one from Revolver. So I started playing the chorus. You know, Your day breaks, your mind aches, you find it all. So I started playing that. And Paul kind of stands up and goes, oh, second day, like that. You know? <laughs> and then Jimmy Fallon stood up with Tom Hanks. We know what you're playing, you know. <laughs> and awesome. um, so afterwards, you know, we did the final thing, Mike and I, and I went out. I got the wig off, but not the Garth thing off for yeah. the good night. So yeah. I'm in the T-shirt, the thing, yeah. my hair, <laughs> looking over at Bill Murray and everybody. Yeah. And then 
you know, someone's giving me a neck massage, like a back massage, you know, and it's McCartney. Hey, Dane, you know, you look a little tidy wifey. You know. Digging in the delties. Digging delties with me thummies. With me thummies. Do you think he's aware of the fact that it's Paul McCartney giving someone a massage? For is, sure. the, is, is the craziest thing they'll ever experience. I, I think that, you know, I can tell the story kind of quickly, but take you know, time, take when I got on Saturday Night Live, you know, Lorne Michaels had me come out to his house. Did yeah. I mm-hmm. tell you this last time? No. Neilan no. told us uh, his version of this. Oh, okay. Well, because yeah. I'd called him. But uh, yeah, so basically I got the show, uh, couldn't believe it, never been on TV, never done sketch comedy, mm-hmm. just none of it. And just, I'll come out, you know, you'll stay. And I just thought I was supposed to. And I, so I was out there. In Long Island for like three weeks, but during the first week, A. Whitney Brown and I were sharing a room, but, you know, oh, you'll be in Jack's room, you know, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. So I was calling people, but Lauren said, Paul's coming tonight, so who, oh, Paul McCartney, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> That's just the with, world. With Linda. Yeah. And so, again, I'd never really met celebrities, never been on television, you know. So they come in, it's Lauren Michaels, Chevy, Chevy Chase was in the neighborhood, and A. Whitney Brown and me. So they came in. <laughs> My God. And, um... I didn't want to say something stupid, right? You know, like right. um, who thought of Abbey Road? You know, I, didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to do any Beatle. Is you there really write. a Sergeant Pepper? <laughs> I mean, the amount of idiocy. So well, I, you know, he's heard it all, and then some. On I that, mentioned on, yeah. I had the presence of mind yeah. as a pretty young man to say to him. You know, in the album Tug of War, which is very, only for his real fans, eighty-one, mm-hmm. in the title song Tug of War. The more specific compliment, the better. I knew intuitively. <laughs> in the chorus, when you say, one day I'll be standing up on a mountain with the flag unfurled, but it won't be soon enough for me. What were you thinking? So he just dropped. His eyes just got real big. He didn't expect that. Oh. Well, it was just like, it said so much. Yeah. It's like, you know, you oh, know well, you know, I pictured a big old flaggy, you know, thing like that. <laughs> so after that, we were buddies. And awesome. um, he yeah. put on a song. Uh, that he'd made um, in the city in New York that no one had heard. He just wrote. He had a demo, and he puts it on. So he's three feet, four feet from me, and we're hearing the song, just the five of us, and it's oh, very geez. McCartney Beatlesque. Yeah. And that's when he leaned into me and said, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're writing, you li- you try so hard to live up to whatever, you end up ruining the fucker. Which <laughs> wow. I thought, whoa. So then the next night, they came over again. You know, and there was marijuana being and sure. stuff like that and talking and just listening to everything he said. They came over again. And they brought his new album, Press to Play. And I go, oh, you brought the new album. And then Linda said to him, see, I told you he'd want to hear it. So they were having conversations about me. Right. Wow. You know. So then, yeah, so then you make the connection like Paul McCartney without me being there and without any prompting from, 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 from anyone else is having a debate in his mind like, do you think Dana would like to hear the album? <laughs> Should I bring it? Or is it a bit pushy wushy? <laughs> and she says, would you stop adding the wushy? Just say pushy. I know, but it rhymes. It's right there for me. I can't, I can't help you. It's an alley-oop, baby. I can't, I can't. So we hung out then. And what's McCartney's uh, munchie, by the way? Like, what's oh, his McCartney's what's munchies? McCartney's munchies sounds like, like an excellent Cartoon Network show. I didn't see 
much food being. Oh, okay. But Lauren's a popcorn guy, so okay. probably it was popcorn. Sure. But then like 10 years later, after I'd done SNL and everything, he, he his people or him sent me an album, uh, Flowers in the Dirt, no that way. was embossed in a glass case and you know to a hundred of our grooviest friends love pole you know God. so that was and then i hadn't seen him until the 40th yeah. so i didn't know so then when i played for no one from revolver instead of let it be or hey jude yeah sure <laughs> no now now there's a i thought the leaf blower was coming through that door for a yeah. second i'm like well are, are you playing the album for us right now that doesn't sound that good somebody hold on to, somebody hold on to brad <laughs> so that was just like that i have a lot of six degrees of separation weird now I heard that fortieth uh the after party was bananas. Did Crazy. you go to that? Oh yeah. Yeah, we were downstairs for a long time. It was the kind of thing where you had to blow off Leonardo DiCaprio because you're going to talk to Glenn Close. Jesus. And, you know, <laughs> Sorry, Jack White. I've got to talk to Sigourney Weaver. It was, it wow. was everywhere you turn. Sorry, yeah. Jim Carrey. There's Elton John, right? Oh, yeah. And, oh, and, yeah. And, and both of them were there, so that's not even an exaggeration. Yeah. No, everywhere you, you were just like a pinball machine. Everywhere you bumped into it was a you know, celebrity. Were there people that came up to you that you, didn't, uh, that you hadn't met or that you were oh, yeah. at, at least taken aback by that, that was like, like you said, Bradley Cooper came up to you and was a, yeah. wanted a picture. I mean, we wanted a picture, yeah. Is that like, for, oh, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Because you were I, saying you had to remind yourself, oh, yeah, I was on this show for hey, seven years. yeah, I get it. Okay. <laughs> you know. I, I, I was thinking. But it was a nice reminder know? of how integral you were, I mean, just and how impactful you were in your time there, right? Um, I mean, when people would come up to you and, and fan out, I guess, you know? Yeah, I mean, if someone's in grade school or high school, whoever you had at the time. For me, it was, you know, probably at a young age, it was more like George Carlin's first album, yeah. who I then served uh, Denver Omelette to. I waited on all my... You know, as a waiter, <laughs> Jesus, I waited yeah. on Pryor. I waited on Carlin. I you, waited wait, on, you waited on Richard Pryor, and yeah. then you eventually starred in a movie with him? Yes. Uh, in which your name... In, 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 in which your character name, and I found this out recently, <laughs> in the 1988 <laughs> film Moving with Richard Pryor... Your character name was Brad Williams. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember. Yeah. That's funny. It's hysterical. <laughs> Prescient. See what I mean? All Who these knew? weird... Who knew that you would later be friends with the Brad, with the Brad Williams? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it was like a goofy... I played a schizophrenic. The guy let me kind of make up my lines. That's and awesome. And he said, Richard's not trying at all. He's phoning it in. He says he's winking at the brothers going, I'm just taking the check. So he said, see if you can get him going. So one of our scenes, I was just going ballistic, you know, mm -hmm. super energy. And then I finally kind of drew him out. He started doing his Richard thing. But That's shy amazing. and sweet. So you kind of had to really, like, take it up a notch to force. Cause he I was, was asked to. He was yeah. going to look, I mean, what, just by uh, contrast, if he didn't match what you were, like, your energy, then he yeah. would. I guess so. Yeah, man, that's got to be a, a weird note to get. Hey, the uh, the the king is over here, kind of sleeping. Can you wake him up, but not piss him off? Basically, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> basically what it was. But again, I was just completely in awe of everything that was happening to me for the longest time. You know, mm -hmm. so just getting on Saturday Night Live was like, you know, and I'd never done sketch comedy, so. Yeah. The like your friend John, yeah. Uh, you know, the, you go in there now and then you're a writer, sometime feature, and you're kind of incubating for two years and you're learning the ropes and then you're here and and for me, I'd never been in a sketch except the cold opening. That was my first full full right. sketch. Mm -hmm. 
and then and then from there I did um, like there was a Aliens parody I played that kind of we're all gonna die man so I played <laughs> yeah, that yeah. and then I Church Lady was in there too and then Shot and Broccoli so I didn't have any time to prepare I was already in my manager Brad Gray who does talk like this came to my dressing room and said I don't know why it is but you're, you're the star of the show tonight this was like at 11, 11.05 wow. like, thanks for the confidence manager I don't know why I don't know why this <laughs> happened I don't know why this happened but it's your show that's what he said it's your show I don't know why, but it's your show. <laughs> so then he left, and I just was swearing in the mirror trying to deal with the pressure. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. I at, can imagine. At what point, we didn't talk about this last time, but I'm curious, at what point did your uh, Tom Brokaw become a, uh, like, was he just such a prevalent news figure? And it was, was it like, yeah. I need, like, did, did Lauren say, hey, like, we should have, uh, that would be a funny bit to every now and then have where we uh, just to have a guy doing the news that wasn't you know kneeling doing update or or were you so fascinated yeah. by Brokaw's voice or always fascinated by his voice I don't even remember did I do it on Saturday Night Live uh, well I mean and this is another fact I found out doing doing some right. research is one of my favorite sketches you ever did when you came back to host yes you did Brokaw reading absurd ways that Gerald Ford died mm-hmm. yeah yes and that I didn't know was originally supposed to be on the Dana Carvey show it, it was and it aired on the Dana Carvey show it did oh, I shit. think it aired okay and then, or we made an eighth episode. Maybe that eighth, eighth episode didn't air, but we did it. We recorded it there. And then when I hosted, we brought it there. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was probably the smartest, most clever. It's like normally when you kill that hard, uh, normally there's this energy component to that mm-hmm. studio. But the idea of something that kind of quiet. You know, yeah. Gerald Ford was killed tonight. <laughs> he was mauled to death by a circus lion at a convenience store. <laughs> it's like he's swallowing his words as he's trying to say them. And, and, and then and getting it, interrupted yeah, by the uh, and just the whole co- and it was Robert Smigel who was the voice, right? He was the voice. Yeah, yeah. and so just the whole concept of Brokaw's going on vacation. So we need you to read yeah, all these absurd possibilities. ways in case, in case Gerald, Gerald Ford, Ford dies. dies. They have every single possible. <laughs> yeah. And Gerald Ford is dead this evening. You know, victim, I can't remember all the different machinations. <laughs> yeah. You should look it up. Absurd canoe accident. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, exactly. Wait, what? Like, yeah. And then you, you, you hear your Brokaw just going, so it's so like, do you really think this is going to happen? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we should have to do any more of these. I think we've reached a... Come on, you know. Yeah. Gerald Ford is not going to die in a canoeing accident. <laughs> Taft did. Taft, really? Well, I'll say it again. All right, let's start. And, but Tom was around. He was around Rockefeller Center. You'd run into him. I'm no kidding. Oh. And he just all of a sudden, Tom Brokaw's talking. He's a huge guy. You always, you don't know, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you don't think of Brokaw as being guy a big guy and just, you know, yeah, well, you see from the waist up. Or, yeah. you know, Donahue would be around, you know, Phil Donahue. But you did yeah. anyone who was around. I, I did, t- um, I did Ted Koppel. Yeah. You did whoever was sort of in the ether at the time. Ted Koppel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Ted Koppel, and this. This is Nightline. There was a long pause, you know. But I wonder um, if those guys going into that profession know that they have to have an uh, impersonable voice. Well, yeah. yeah, but the voice, like all those guys, have yeah. such a distinct. Kind of like being a president, where everyone, like everyone, can do a president. Yeah, like, like Bernie every, Sanders. Yeah. Like I would vote for him just because I'm like, well, yeah, like you sound like a guy that we all want to probably we impersonate. All could do him. <laughs> we all could do Bernie Sanders. You know, this is going to be huge. I know there's another tone to Trump. Like mm-hmm. everybody's doing this. It's huge. This. Yeah. Right. But there's this other thing that he does. It's yeah. this other tone. I, yeah. I, I guess when he gets I should sort work of excited or 
frustrated. Like everyone says it's a wig. Like and he, and he, and it kind of like goes a little higher with it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another tone that's higher. There's also this, you know, this down here. Mm-hmm. But there's this other tone. That's, it's it's know, also I, the way that like Jay, like Jay Leno, like is a lot of people. But then we'll get like down like that real quick. Like yeah, down here, yeah. Japanese, yeah. Japanese guys. These guys are doing the guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine. But um, yeah, he's a interesting. I, I don't know uh, if Hillary's elected. I basically retire. I don't know <laughs> like, how I, I can do, do it. it. I, yeah. I mean, he'd find a way. The, I, 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 I guess one of the only one, one ways you can just go completely absurd with it and just I, do like an ins- like an impression that sounds nothing like her, but you but you commit so hard I to it. I did it. I did. I just said politician, but it could be. It was more of someone who's not naturally gifted. Like Clinton yeah. is just a natural, and it's like if I'm elected, you know, it's just this droning robotic. Yeah. <laughs> We will do better than we are yeah. now. You know, it's just like <laughs> platitudes why. that mean nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> the hedge fund managers take too much money, so my plan is to make 30 million new hedge fund managers <laughs> before the end of this. You know. yeah. Um, Which is why I think Kate McKinnon has like heightened her as a personality so yeah. much. Like, you know, I love her because yeah. she does picks out these weird things and abstracts them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that really kind of work, and yet they're sort of weird. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Like she yeah. When, when she does uh, Bieber, she kind of gets his thing where she, where Bieber gets like kind of shy. And he like looks away from the camera, like, yeah. oh, no, you can't see this." But then he comes back and like direct eye contact, <laughs> yeah. and that's something you never, like, you never really pick up on. And then you see her do it, you're like, "Yes, Bieber totally does that." Yeah, you find one little one little hook, and then just make it a much bigger deal. Is that kind of how you approach every, any impersonation or uh, character? Is just to find that first. I guess I think I just get bored a lot. Just try to take it, you know. I guess it's just ADD. Uh, yeah, just wanting to wanting to take it to a different place. I mean, I don't really with, with with Obama. You know, I don't really care about it being accurate. It just eventually it started killing. Yeah. But it didn't really kill until like so. This is seventh year to like maybe a year ago. Before wow. that, it just wasn't really happening. Now, like when you do, because you've been doing a lot of. Voices recently, uh, Hotel Transylvania 2, Rick and yeah. Morty. I'm it, doing Pets. Oh, really? Are you really? Pets with Louis C.K. and yeah. Kevin Hart. Yeah. I, I oh, play a dog awesome. that's, um, its back legs are paralyzed. So they, they go, <laughs> oh, how you doing? And I'm just doing the grumpy old man, basically. Paralyzed. Come on, I don't like you or anything about you. Just doing that Lionel Barrymore Because that's what they wanted. Yeah. But it's pretty funny. That's it's a pretty amazing. funny character, the cranky dog. Now, oh, yeah. now what's the difference between, like, Creating a character for a sketch and then animation. Like, yeah, because uh, Adam does a lot of voiceover stuff in animation. So, uh, how do you do? Do they give you a drawing of the character? Or do they like? And then how right. do you, how do you develop it? Well, in that one, because Chris Melodondri, you know, owns the company, and he always loved that character. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. like the head of Illumination. That helps. Doing pets. Sure. He kind of asked me to do a version of that. But as we got there with the the director and everyone, and they were all in Paris, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And you see him on a screen, yeah. you crack a joke, and you'll see them like this, and then they <laughs> the and you see him laughing. <laughs> it's very cool. It should be in a movie. Mm-hmm. But we went through all kinds of things. Every once in a while, I'd just go through ten voices. I yeah. go, well. well Maybe we could, you know, because you can use old voices and then call them characters. Like, I was sure. just doing Cary Grant. What if the dog talked like this? <laughs> well, I can't believe it. I'm itchy all over. I don't like, I don't like the way. Because that's just a very interesting voice. So a huge part of your audience would be vaguely, vaguely familiar. Right. With Especially the if they hear that voice with the new, like the drawing the of something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you go to a lot of different voices and then you don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> 
like, then, you're, like your Caitlyn Jenner could probably be even one of the options. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner. I don't know. I've lost it. You know, <laughs> I don't want to go Sounds back. Sounds like Jimmy Stewart a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Stewart's a good voice to hear. Yeah. For could a dog, do, yeah. For a dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, why, why, why does Lassie seem to be the one who knows how humans talk? <laughs> well, he only barks and everyone's interpreting it. I don't understand. No, these are good, yeah, yeah. They're fun voices. They just work through things. The, the one on Hotel Transylvania with Smigel had written that part so specifically that he just... Did he write that movie? Well, he was, he was in on it with okay. Sandler and his gang, you know. Gotcha. So he had a very specific, hey, guys, you know, kind of character, a very light, mm-hmm. fluffy kind of, come on, team, let's go. Yeah. And, so and that, was and what that I did. movie is making all the money right now. I know. It's making... Uh, That's awesome. I hope you have a back-end deal with that. <laughs> no, no. You don't. Yeah, you want to get, like, you know... I don't know who pays the animation, but you want to yeah. get one where then it's a global monster hit and they can't possibly do it without your voice. Yeah. Right. And then you just... Do all the toys, right? That's kind toys, of video games. Do all the toys. Yeah, I think that Eddie and Mike did very well with Shrek. I'm sure. guessing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna it's go, gross I'm gonna $5 billion. Even Jesus. 1% is a... Yeah. You know. that, that, yeah. Uh, now, with, with Eddie at the SNL thing, was that... Uh, I know people were, like, you know, weirded out that he didn't, uh, you know, do a bit or any sort of shtick. Like, did you... Even have a thought about I that? I just or? thought about myself mostly. <laughs> I'd when seen, am I on? <laughs> I'd seen Eddie. You know, I I don't really know him. I I just figured that um, your path your path didn't cross at SNL, or no? no. Yeah, I'm trying. The only way it did cross is when I got a little holding deal with NBC. Mm-hmm. Stop me if there's anything I've told you guys. Nope, not none of those. Holding deal with NBC, and I was cast uh, to play Mickey Rooney's grandson in a situation comedy. Because uh, I kind of looked like him or whatever. So I was cast, and then um, it shot in New York. Nathan Lane was my co-star. Nice. Oh. And um, Mickey, Mickey thought I was gay. <laughs> and I had to, you know, and Nathan was afraid that Mickey minute. would find out about him. So he'd put his arm around Nathan, look at me, and go, I'm just glad I like girls. <laughs> yeah, his arm around Nathan. Yeah. Nathan Seriously, can't Lane? make it up. Yeah, Nathan Lane. It was brilliant. Hysterical. <laughs> me and Nathan Lane and Scatman Carruthers, oh, who Lord. would just be in the bathroom smoking weed, uh, you know. <laughs> hey, and then he, he asked me if he could get some pot. And um, I wasn't ever a big pot smoker. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. And I can't even believe I did this. But I, I got some pot well, during the break from San Francisco Bay Area, maybe Santa Cruz Gold or something. <laughs> I guess I packed it in the suitcase because mm-hmm. I gave it to him. Mm-hmm. And I, his pot was horrible. So... He, uh, the next day in the elevator, and he was from the 1930s, basically, he goes, uh, the music was good. Uh, might I have a pound? <laughs> so after the series ended, my brother Scott and I, the guy, yeah, you know, yeah. we got like a bag of pot, like a grocery, you know, wow. of pot. We yeah. weren't really potheads. We mostly like beer, but we just, and we <laughs> drove down to Van Nuys to his house and went in, and he had a little band, he sang songs with his little guitar, and we just gave him this giant thing of pot. Super nice guy. Wow. <laughs> but um, long story short, so I'm in the Rockefeller Center. I'm playing the straight man, because Hollywood, which will all be in my book, I got hired a lot just being looking innocent and sweet. And I, but I was doing the clubs on the side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first day at rehearsal, Mickey's Mickey always had a thirty-eight revolver. You know. Oh, that's. And he'd know. bring it out. Like, They're not going like to get you. me because he hated New York. He'd walk. He said he walks with his hand. Mickey, no one's trying to get you. <laughs> the script is cock on. He would throw it. You know. And he did say famously, "I was the number one star in the world." You hear me? <laughs> Bang. 
the world. And he said that wow. once a thousand times. Wow. Because he was the number one star in the world. Yes. And he um, wanted to remind you of that. And he called his, his uh, business manager in the 1950s, said, this is Mickey Rooney, I'm broke. And his business manager said, how can you be broke? I own a yacht named after you. <laughs> and then Mickey would just look off. But, so... So I, I so wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. It would be like a dream. I didn't think I ever could. So this is 1980. I'm on the sixth floor of New York where Fallon sh- shoots his show now. Mm-hmm. And I would go up on Thursdays, and they let me sit in the bleachers. So I'd watch Joe Piscopo and Eddie yeah. Murphy and them rehearsing, thinking, oh, man, yeah. I'd love to be up here. And then right. s- 72 months later, I was up there. Jesus. <laughs> Isn't that weird? But so you never, so, and, and during that cross, I mean, with Eddie, it was, uh, him being there, I feel like, was such a cool thing, but I don't think anybody expected him to do, right, just because he hasn't, like, come out, like, he hasn't, you know, he's talked about doing stand-up again, but, you know, he's been at clubs, but he hasn't gone up. So yeah, I, don't, I don't really know. You know, I can only say for myself, yeah, it's a lot of energy and vulnerability. And I think after a period of time, like I've always kept my hand in it. But, you know, there's a period of time where I hardly did stand up at all for a year and a half yeah. doing movies and stuff. And now, you know, I see Sandler doing some sets. I see John. He was Apatow at the store uh, last yeah. week for Rob's uh, friends. Uh, yeah, yeah. Spade, yeah. Spade and friends. Yeah. But it's, it's a certain kind of vulnerability. And I think once you, you get untethered from being out there like that, because if you're on movie sets, it can be as small as this right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, what you doing with that gun? Cut. You know, and they'll yeah, see you right. in an hour. You know? um, <laughs> and it, it, it would be putting yourself out there to n- not doing any essentially live performing. Uh, yeah. and, then all, and all of a sudden you're on SNL 40 with and, yeah. impossible expectations. Right. So. I I didn't mind him doing that. Of course, the fan in me, the fanboy, wants to see him do any character, like come out and do buckwheat again for the love of God. But you know, yeah. uh, but at the same time, just to see him on that stage was just really cool. Yeah, I mean, I think when you go back and you just look at the tape because we have the, we have the tape and yeah. mm-hmm. you, you, you see him because I had heard about him before SNL um, from somebody just just. The confidence, you know, and again, I don't know if he could even get more confident. He seemed maybe started at 15, 16, or yeah. brought him the clubs. Well, I mean, you but, sell out Madison Square Garden by yourself by age 21. That's yeah. A, it's a good confidence, yeah. But when you think about him when he's doing James Brown, just the energy, just the electric energy of going, going to get in the hot tub. <laughs> and just so much bubbling the band yeah, cooking. Yeah. I mean, that's just like... That's going to kill no matter what. And then everybody yeah. probably puts the tail on. Row! I mean, yeah. so it's like just kinetic, you know. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe people, I mean, sometimes he'll refer to himself as retired and <laughs> yeah. he's 53 and, you know. Yeah, I don't see how you do it for that long and then just totally stop. But I guess it's like you're saying, like you're keeping your hand in it. So it's like you're not. I heard he did a set recently, though. Back East. I, I, heard he wa- I heard he dropped in. Wow. Where? I, you know, I don't you somewhere know. in either Manhattan. And see, good for him to not let that become total public knowledge. But I, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, he's got that. He's got he's got a lot of weapons. I mean, he's got that <laughs> ear. And yeah, you're right. You just want to see him. It and is. It's, it's kind of like Michael Jordan. You just take one shot. <laughs> just yeah. Take, yeah, just <laughs> yeah. Stay, just stick the tongue out. Dunk it once. We'll all be thrilled. We'll all we'll, yeah. all, we'll, we'll all just go nuts. Uh, I, I, I think the question that everyone wants us to ask you is, uh, after Daryl Hammond and Norm MacDonald, are you the next yes. colonel? <laughs> yes. Yes. I was teasing Norm MacDonald about that. I, I, we were texting. I said, Norm, I, I, I'm, I'm next. He goes, really? What are you, what are you, you're, you're, they didn't even tell me. 
<laughs> I, I kind of think Norm's. I think just like seeing him do that. Oh yeah. I mean, I would just watch him do that for years. <laughs> it's just, but it, I'll do it if they want me to do it. Yeah. Oh, I don't sure. know what my take would be because Daryl did it with prosthetics as like mm-hmm. kind of an actual impression. Right. Norm just plays Norm. Right. Which is you, funny. I think Lovitz <laughs> maybe be the funniest guy. Wow. Hello, I'm the Colonel. <laughs> if, you know. if you want a bucket of thighs, come to me. <laughs> <laughs> so you heard, you heard it here for popcorn shrimp. You're welcome. <laughs> the recipe's a secret. Jealous? <laughs> You're not going to know. I I, I, I I want them to go through every SNL cast member they can Jesus. and just give everyone a month of being That's the colonel. Not a bad well, idea. I'm in. We did yeah. the Hans and Franz. I want to work out. Yeah. yeah, and now and now they got the Coneheads. Going for State Farm? Everyone's going State Farms. The lady is, they've got an option on the bitch, but I don't know if she's going to come out to play because she does have uh, that kind of your naughty parts. And oh, yeah. I didn't even want it to be that pornographic, but they wouldn't let me say penis. Um, so I said, can I say naughty and gorge bulbous parts? And I go, <laughs> mm, okay. Which sounds worse. Sounds Much worse. <laughs> way, way worse. And gorged and <laughs> willing. Yeah. I actually parts. was making me laugh the other day. Uh, did I don't have it's not I don't have an impression of it. You know, I do like Trump scares Putin. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it'd be great if he goes, you know, I am afraid of the man with the big orange head. I don't know if I did that at your show. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, did I? yeah. Yes, that yes, was yes. probably the first time I did it. So it's like, you know, maybe you would like to meet my Secretary of Defense, Ted Cruz. And it would just be like a total Bible thumper, <laughs> the blood of Jesus Christ <laughs> and the lamb of the heat, you know. Just the idea of that guy versus oh, yeah. Putin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really frightening him. Yeah. Because of Vladimir like, oh, yeah. and the blood of Jesus' name. <laughs> but then you lose to Vladimir, who's just straight. Uh, straight. I just did the fake thing, you know. I, do, okay. I can't do the fake Russian. Yeah, no, like, why well, can't you, either? It's just a I have like three. Just say Stalingrad, Leningrad, Solomon. Yeah, just start naming. I enjoy doing the podcast. It's a lot of fun. It's just the enter, the rhythm of Bye the KFC. innocence. It's like Garth, basically. By the way, I've been doing this lately because it's just low-hanging fruit for me. What's mm-hmm. that? Is it my imagination or does Ben Carson basically sound like Garth? That's... I don't think we really should have a Muslim president. <laughs> Holy shit, he does. So, there is a different modality in there somewhere. But, but in it, essence, yeah, you could... At Ben's world, yeah, and our so party on they bo- Donald. <laughs> <laughs> oh my well, because they both do the awkward laugh yeah. after they say something serious. Yeah, I mean, Ben just got in trouble for saying like I wouldn't be a shooting victim because I would just get a bunch of people together so and, and we'd all charge him. the gunman, and yeah. then he laughed. And then you're like, why the yeah. fuck did you laugh there? Yeah. You That's psycho. not where you're supposed to do that. Can't, no. can't get all of us. Come on, let's charge him. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he started laughing. It's so, fantastic. Yeah, yeah so, fantastic. wow, I, I didn't even see that. Yeah, that's but, just a gift from... You know, sure. You get yeah. You get anyone that uh, allow, allows you to uh, break out the Garth naturally. So uh, I, I know it is kind of weird. I just uh, it's a good problem to have. But I, I get it when some people see me. I understand. I, they're it's like. You know, is he going to do even it? Even if I accidentally start talking like one of those main five or six characters, yeah. I think that sounded like Bush, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I totally understand it. You know, I totally get it. I just mm-hmm. I've managed to dance around it and then do other stuff. I don't know why I make it so hard. Why don't I just come out in costume and say, "Fuck it, you want it, I'll do it." I would do it. I'm just too yeah. lazy to bring the suitcase. Yeah, I'll yeah. Put, sure. I've got the I've got 
a few wigs. I've got the dress upstairs. I'll oh, show shit. You. Oh, wow. No, How many Garth it. wigs do you have? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have any Garth wigs because Church Lake, technically, I guess I own, but, you know. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I some I had a, a second dress made years ago. Still waiting for that. I think you should write a like a mockumentary about like just the church lady now and like sure. like a Netflix thing like where it's you know you you highlight you know when she became popular and then just you're following her around now and doing like cutting back and forth and having her kind of take you down a memory lane. I'm church lady to me was always about sixty five, so I'm only mm-hmm. arriving at the age <laughs> where I I don't look like a young guy in a wig. Right. You know? Yeah. So now, so it's the perfect time, right. and uh, with her talking yeah. about texting and uh, mm-hmm. tweeting and. Put it in yeah. putting your naughty parts on the social naughty media. Naughty parts media. Or maybe she's oh, yeah. never left. Maybe she's never left her. Where was she from? Um, you know, Bible Belt. Right. So probably <laughs> Des Moines or something. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. she's never left her home in Des Moines, and now she's yeah. going to go on some road trip to see America. <laughs> well, I had an idea for a movie. Was uh, it would need to be written out, but it was basically Church Lady in the Malibu Beach Party. So basically, <laughs> oh, she's God. going to a symposium in Santa Barbara, or whatever Bible camp, and yeah. then get her car breaks down. And it's like Judd Nelson's having a party. Maybe it'd be Charlie Sheen yeah, at this yeah, point, yeah, yeah. you know. And she just destroys everyone, goes around. Oh, interesting. You're Chloe. Oh, I see. Your bottom's very round. You know, like, but I don't know if you could take a whole hour of it. I think you could. I, um, I, I, I'll I would pitch watch. it to Netflix. Yeah, yeah the same way. Uh, the same way they had P, uh, like the Pee Wee Herman movies like that. Like, did it, Netflix it sounds do like one or going to do one? I, 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 there was I think they're deal. going to. And also, I mean, HBO did the live Pee Wee show, and that crushed. You I know? know. And Pee Wee has a thing is like a little bit like me playing Garth. Like he, Paul Rubens, who's brilliant, yeah. but mm-hmm. he looks still looks really, really young. But yeah. Pee Wee's kind of the man child. Yeah. yeah. So you just got, there's a point where. Totally. But he still does it beautifully. Do you know Paul personally? No. Yeah. I don't know. I would love, always love the character. Really yeah. appreciated that yeah. character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never really did but, it as an impression. But. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you acknowledge uh, to your fans why, like, when they come out to see you, that they, they do want to see the old characters. Because you know, if if you went to see Aerosmith and then they didn't play Dream On, you'd be like, "Hey, oh, totally." <laughs> and I don't really mind doing them. I don't really feel ashamed of doing them. I just want to do no. new lines with them. Right. I mean, the Church Lady to me. In some ways, it just seems really, really, on one level to me, really, really intensely hacky. Mm-hmm. But then when I think of, wow, but could I think of something that potent that would destroy that? Hmm, I don't know if I can. Right. <laughs> so it's right. like that attitude of condescension will always be funny. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. well, Adam and Brad, we've got our little little microphones. It's <laughs> like little penises that we, <laughs> we grip tightly. I mean, once you go into we and this, you, yeah. you guys could do it too. You go totally into yeah. into this land where you could never run out of lines. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, 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 and the same way every guy could turn anything into a dick joke, the church, the, the church lady could look at anything and, and it's find sexual. Yeah, and find and sexual yeah. or Satan in it or, or whatever. Yeah. And Hans and Franz is just all better. And, well, <laughs> your little buttocks are like marshmallows. You're lucky I don't have a campfire here. <laughs> I mean, that's just a fun rhythm to do. So the buttocks are. I'm, cu- you know, so. I'm, I'm curious, did you, when you were uh, uh, in the hospital um, after your surgery, sure. uh, do, do you, would you ever pull them out in... 
I mean, to make yourself laugh or to oh, oh, yeah. staff or when I was being wheeled down on mm-hmm. the, on the gurney to, to, to for the bypass, which yeah. I was. At we this... didn't talk about that at all last time, but yeah, way. I, I know. know. Yeah, I, I actually I'm supposed to potentially. Here's David Spade's book for all you people. There it is. David Spade is almost interesting. The memoir now available and all. Of you. Well, now he has to do our podcast. Yeah, he just wrote his book free yeah. of charge. Um, yeah, I remember when I when I was go, they were wheeling me down there, and they give you a couple little pills, but you're still pretty much, you know. And they wheel you in there, and then you know they're going to saw you in half, basically. It was so a not triple bypass. Um, this one was a double. I don't know. <laughs> it was like memory arteries that just went over. And did they do the wrong one? They want, Well, it was kind of like they the main lower anterior descending is like your big pipe on your left side. Uh-huh. And it has little branches. <laughs> Instead of hitting the big pipe, you yeah. hit a branch. Oh. He connected it to a branch. So there's no, it didn't really harm me. Yeah. It didn't fix the problem. It was oh, okay. like, whoops. And I remember thinking, the comedian thought, how do they make sure they're going to, Find the right artery, you know. What I mean? Yeah, and I thought, nah, don't be stupid. They must have a system, you know. They, well, apparently, they didn't. Yeah. Well, and, and it sounds and it sounds absurd, but uh, my dad, uh, his his own doctor, told him, hey, when he had when he had a hip replacement surgery, right? They they, they, they said go to your good hip and with a big sharpie write no. Right, and because, just like, yeah, because just so they don't get in there and be just like, in case. all right, let's go to. Oh, he wrote no the sharpie. That's Thank not the goodness. hip. Let's, it let's can't do the other be one. that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, I was when we they wheeled me in there and and underneath this little towel, I assumed that was whatever saw they were going to use. <laughs> so I was doing Woody Allen because it was natural. I'm not. This isn't a joke for the. Po- I mean, on the gurney, about to get sawed in half. I'm like, yeah, but uh, you know, you just want to know what's basically under the towel because uh, you know I get nauseous, the side of blood, you know. The, and then you count backwards, and it's six hours later, and you've got a morphine drip with a button like mm-hmm. a monkey. Mm-hmm. And that you, you can you control. See the, you see yeah. the nurse, and you just go. I said to her, "My God, you're so beautiful." <laughs> My God, you're just the most beautiful one I've ever seen. She goes, "I'm 57, honey. It's the morphine drip." You know? <laughs> and she did the metaphorical the acting out the cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, honey. <laughs> but to me, it was like so. But yeah, I do. Yeah, I do use it. You know. But what? Uh, so then you had to go and get a second surgery. Yeah. No, I never. When they? No. When they no. Okay. I, I, well, there's two kinds of surgeries for you kids who want to. I mean, there's rotor rooter through the femoral artery, and they put in a little metal stent. Right. You guys mm-hmm. know about that? Yep. I oh, do. Yeah. yeah. So basically, I just had right around this corner the first diagonal and the lower interior descending. That's the only place I had gunk. The rest of my arteries are wide open, and mm-hmm. I grew collaterals. But when he, I, they kept putting in stents and rotor rootering, but they would what they call restenose, which is sort of too much scar tissue. Your body literally has no mechanism. It like if you're stabbed on a battlefield, it knows to clot. Yeah, you know, but it has no mechanism for a, a controlled injury inside the artery. Yeah. Oh, don't don't clot! <laughs> don't no scar tissue this time. Just, no, we don't need scar tissue to paste over stuff. Yeah, so Stupid that was body. the problem. <laughs> I missed it by four years. Then they have drug eluding stents that made that retarded any scar tissue. So, uh, but the, basically, they did a final rotor rooter. The stent was already there, but they just opened it. Mm-hmm. And I had it checked last year, wide open, just no rhyme or reason. Huh? And uh, Jesus, I, I read somewhere that uh, Sinatra 
passed away yeah. in the room in next my to arms. you. Yeah. In my arms. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why not make the story? Yeah. Jeez. No, <laughs> 90. Story better, Brad. Not... Dana, time to go. I don't know, that's my. <laughs> so once I. You know, it's not good, but whatever. Someone went. Uh, you know, was, hold me. I was just trying to do hey, full part in doing you, it. You did it your way, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he passed in the room. Well, I had in, done that the, when I discovered that they bypassed the wrong artery and they rotorooted it open yeah. that mm-hmm. night. This was like May 8th or 10th. You could look it up for his, the night he died. Yeah. I was just in my room reading People Magazine or something, like a midnight or whatever. And, um, you know, um, they said, oh, so, well, what's all the hubbub around? Oh, Frank just checked in. Checked in next to you. Frank Sinatra. All the and then he hubbub. went down to the ICU. That's where he died. But he was in the yeah. room next to me for a while. Oh, jeez. And it was like, no, wait a minute. So I'm... I'm the little kid from San Carlos, California. So I'm just a little kid in his pajamas watching the Dean Martin Variety Show. And there's Frank Sinatra. And he's this icon beyond life. And then our paths go all the way to this date at this hour. For why? Because that guy bypassed the wrong artery. I'm in this room and Frank is next to me. Holy really? <laughs> Seriously? And, wow. And, right, and literally his last few hours on this planet. Totally. That like that's when you. I him. was the only one in Hollywood who was there, and I told Joe Piscopo this, and his eyes got real big because Joe's got so many Sinatra oh, stories. Yeah. There we were at the Copa, you know, and I go, well, he died in my arms, basically, you know. So <laughs> that really gets their attention. Oh yeah. This is another weird thing that happened to me. <laughs> me and Frank. I mean, what? I, 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 yeah, right. I, I, I think that might be the title of of your memoir is just another weird thing just happened to me. It's just... Well, I, at first I was thinking I wouldn't believe it either when I really start adding up some of the weird shit that's happened to me. Yeah, but, there's but, weirder stuff than that well i mean two weeks later phil hartman and bren hartman happened yeah to bring Jesus. us to a more yeah. sad note but no i mean after the botch bypass really they might have to chop me in half again they they missed the artery i had my indian cardiologist at cedars i said give me a number what are the odds for a healthy one person like me giant arteries just swing over the mammaries with microscopes and two assistant surgeons just looking in yeah he said i just give me something he goes oh about 30,000 to one. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> and you're fired, bitch. <laughs> no, he's the one who helped me out. <laughs> yeah, so you were the one. All right, so, uh, okay. The Cedars Sinai, was the one, they fixed me up. Okay. Dr. Eichler. Yeah. By that point, I'd done so many of these procedures where you're just sleepy. Not, not. I was knocked out for the bypass, right. of course. Yeah, God, I would hope. <laughs> Give me a wood. <laughs> we, get, we gave him a NyQuil. It's not working. <laughs> but I was watching it on TV and uh, watching them go in. And I was. That's we were talking. Crazy. He goes, "You want to push it a little harder?" I go, "Yeah, let's go for it. Fuck this. Yeah. Uh, open it a little bit more." Wait, yeah. push it harder. What do you mean? Just to- open it bigger. Wow. There was a judgment, and there's pressure, like, blown into a tire, yeah. you know? But you want to clear it out enough, you know? Why it didn't scar tissue that time, nobody knows. So I'm still here. Thank God. And I'm Thank fine. God for I that. never yeah. had any damage or a yeah. heart attack. That's the big thing. But when usually I tell people that, it's like, thou doth protest too much. Like, <laughs> oh, he must have had one. Look at Why would he bring that up? <laughs> He's but got cargo huge, shorts. It's a huge line in the sand. Um, uh, where, you know, you have a heart and you have damage or you're just, you're whole. So, I mean, how could I, how could I look like this, have this kind of energy? (laughs) I mean, come on, seriously, you saw the shorts. (laughs) You saw the shorts. I'm going to live long enough. I want to live long enough. So my young friends, so I can see them as old men. So I don't really care about being 90, 95, but I want to see you guys in your (laughs) sixties. What does a dwarf look like in his sixties? We're going to find out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you stay out of the sun. Yeah. (laughs) 
this is true. Stay out of the sun. Uh, Dana, I, I, I can't thank you enough yeah, again so much. Yeah, for, yeah. for... We should do this more often. We should. I, I wouldn't mind that we'll at all. We'll do it weekly. Will you guys text me what equipment I need to have one? Because then I can yeah. have you on my podcast. Yes. We I mean, how big a, a setup thousand percent. is this? Very minimal. I mean, it's one Zoom. It's three mics. It's uh, a memory card. It's a laptop. It's... And uh, one dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you just got to find yourself a dwarf. Can you be on my yeah. podcast, too? Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll do like the cross motion. Pod, yeah. pod slut. Red wounds. <laughs> Hey, this is the pod slut. I'm the uh, guy. Da- is da- anyone the sidekick or what? Who's the sidekick? Uh, there's no the... sidekick. Like, it's just... When we first started, yeah. he got offered to do the podcast and then asked me to co-host mm. it with him. Yeah. Okay. But then once we started doing it, it was only us for – we never had guests, so it was just both of us. And uh, Right. Yeah, and, and, and there was definitely a Darth Vader to Ben Kenobi moment <laughs> where Adam was like – when we last met, you were the teacher, but now I am the master. Well, I think what happened is I took over <laughs> yeah. all technical responsibilities. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, yeah, so now he's on the computers a... and he edits and he does the ads and I and I just oh, sit okay. here and be funny on. He cue. provides the uh, <laughs> nice. the beautiful Smart. ass and the beautiful comedy. That was a running gag. Uh, I'll leave you with this on Saturday Night Live when uh, Farley came in and Spade or whatever. Mm-hmm. When they came in and they would kick ass on a sketch, mm-hmm. that was just a running gag. I would just say to him as a, like a Hans thing. I go, the student becomes the teacher. <laughs> so when Spade guest hosted or he came out and he, that was the first thing. He said, "The student becomes the teacher." <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was like you know, so. Um, anyway, yeah. So it's been fun. You guys this has are, been awesome. This Thanks for easy. doing it again. Yeah. yeah. And now I think well, we- you guys make it easy. They they came to my place. They actually traveled. And- <laughs> yeah. Well, we had we we heard uh, rumors on the blogs about the cargo shorts, and we had to come see <laughs> and, <laughs> live in the flesh. I see what those calves really looked like. So now we're not we're, we're not even going to Instagram a picture of you. We're just going to be us bending over next to your cargo shorts, next to the carby calves. Sure, you can take a picture. <laughs> Hashtag to, carby calves to, to show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't. It's uh, the wife likes them, so you know. <laughs> That's all the matter. The wife likes scruff. Yeah, mm-hmm. she likes. The shorts. I mean, it's pretty simple math, guys. It's like I don't want to wear that. I don't want to do that. Well, where, where do whatever will make you money and get you laid? That's yeah. what you do in life. Yeah, that's your barometer. That's what but, drives us? But that's but- not natural. But does it make you money and get you laid? I had a guy like you can't whiten your teeth. Well, would you rather kiss a woman with yellow teeth or white teeth? Yeah. What? <laughs> You ain't kissing nobody. Thanks, Dana. Uh, Thanks, guys. Let's go. See you next week. Can we dress Brad up in a uh, church lady dress, please? Done. Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also... 
Get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessamay Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.